The first lesson, also the sermon text from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. With what am I to appear before the Lord? How should I bow down to God on high? Should I appear before him with burnt offerings, with one-year-old calves? Will the Lord be delighted with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of streams of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my rebellion, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, mankind, what is good. What does the Lord require from you except to carry out justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The prophet Micah likes to ask questions. A few weeks ago, we heard Micah ask an important question. Who is like the Lord? And then Micah gave an answer to that question that actually comes from the Lord himself. Today, we catch the prophet Micah in another inquisitive mood. Today again, Micah starts with a couple of questions. With what am I to appear before the Lord? How should I bow down to God on high? Now it's going to be really easy to understand why Micah is asking these kinds of questions today if you remember the answer he gave to that question a few weeks ago. Micah asked, who is like the Lord? And then he gave an answer that only the Lord himself could give. Who is like the Lord? No one. There is no other God like the Lord who lifts the burden of sin off the shoulders of his people and puts it on his own back. There is no other God like the Lord who tramples the rebellion of his people into the dust under his own two feet. There is no other God like the Lord who takes the trespasses of his people and fires them out into the heart of the sea, never to be seen again. The Lord is so good and so good to us, perfectly gracious, perfectly forgiving. The Lord is so good and so good to us that the answer to that question is one that no human mind ever could have dreamed up on its own. It had to come from the Lord itself, himself. And the Lord is so good and so good to us that even after you hear that answer from the Lord, and even after he gives you the faith to believe it, whenever you hear it, it still boggles your brain and stuns your soul. So if you remember that question and the answer to it from a few weeks ago, it's going to be very easy to understand now why Micah is asking these questions. Because if you know and believe how good the Lord is and how amazingly good he is to you, the very next question you're going to want to naturally ask is, now, what do I do for the Lord? How do I repay the Lord for all of his amazing goodness to me? Well, Micah has some ideas. He has some answers to the question, with what shall I appear before the Lord? How shall I bow down to God Most High? And he starts here. You bring your burnt offering to the Lord. Now, the burnt offering was one of the required sacrifices that the Israelites, back in the Old Testament, when Micah lived, it was one of the minimum required sacrifices that they had to bring to the Lord. And your, your minimum sacrifice depended on how wealthy you were. It also depended on why you were bringing the sacrifice. 
Was it for a festival? Was it a, a guilt offering for some sin you had committed? But everyone in Israel had a minimum sacrifice that they had to bring to the temple to the Lord. But wait, Micah says, come on. That can't possibly be enough for all the Lord's goodness to you just to bring him the minimum that he required. Oh, no, no, that's not going to do it. We need to give more to the Lord. More. Right. So we're not just going to bring those burnt offerings. We're going to bring one-year-old calves to the Lord. Now that is an expensive animal. That is a magnificent sacrifice to the Lord, way more than the required minimum for most of the, of the Israelites. So we'll bring them that too. But wait, that can't be enough to bring to the Lord. We've got to bring them more. We've got to bring them more. All right, Micah says, here's what we're going to do now then. We're going to go out into the mountains and we're going to herd up thousands of rams and bring them into the Lord, it, right? More, more for the Lord. But even that's not enough, Micah says. No, no, we've got to give the Lord more. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pour out tens of thousands of rivers of oil. That'll cost millions. That'll cost billions. Right on, though. Right on. More. More for the Lord, for all his goodness to us. But wait. We can't stop there. Even a thousand rams, those are just animals. Even 10,000 rivers of oil, that's just a thing, even though it's really expensive. No, no. If we're going to give more and more to the Lord all the time, if we're going to give him bigger and bigger and better and better, we really ought to give him the most valuable thing in the world to us. And for most people, what is that? Should I give him my firstborn son for my rebellion, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Whoa. Ooh. Children, in the context of sacrifice, Pouring things out, that got awfully dark in a big hurry, didn't it? But really, honestly, if you're going to follow Micah's line of thought all the way to the end of the road, why not? If you're going to start by thinking, I've got to give more and more and bigger and bigger and better and better to the Lord all the time, and you carry that all the way through to the logical conclusion, isn't that, for most people, where you would really have to end? Because what is more important to them in the world than their children. What's more valuable? That really is where you stop. If you answer the question, with what am I to appear before the Lord? How should I bow, bow down before God on high with more and more, bigger and bigger? You see, starting by answering the question, what should I give the Lord with bigger and bigger, better and better, is spiritual silliness that crosses over into spiritual arrogance and pride, which is wrong. And it starts from this mistaken notion that the Lord God Almighty, the King of the universe, needs things from us human beings. And that somehow if we don't give the Lord more and more, better and better all the time, he's not going to be able to get his work done without us. And where that ends is Christian pastors telling their people things like, give until it hurts. No matter how much you give, it's not enough. And it ends with Christians opening their wallets and making this, this proud display of helping God, giving him what he needs for his work. No. We have to start in the right place. Which is why, as with all these questions, it's not a good idea to try to answer them on your own. With what am I to appear before the Lord? Don't try to answer them that yourself. Let the Lord answer that question for you 
And this is the answer he gives. He has told you, mankind, what is good. What does the Lord require from you except to walk humbly with your God? Don't start by trying to give God more and more and more. Start by giving God less. Start by going to God in humility with your grubby little empty hands open and up, admitting, Lord, from the start, on my own, I have nothing to give to you. There is certainly nothing you need from me, Lord, because you are the Lord of the universe. Even the things that I appear to own, you actually own. And Lord, from the start, I don't have anything to bring you except my sin and the condemnation it deserves. Start by giving less. Go to the Lord in humility with your hands out, and then the Lord will take you by the hand, and he will walk with you. Start by giving less. Go to the Lord in humility, admitting on your own you've got nothing good to give him. The Lord will take your hand, and he will walk with you then. He will walk with you through the pages of his word. The words of prophets like Micah, who promise you that the Lord is coming to save you, but he's not coming in pride. He's coming as a humble servant to suffer and die to take your sins away. Walk with God to the manger of Bethlehem and see his own eternal son lying in a feeding trough, the most humble possible surroundings. Then walk with your Savior on the face of the earth and see him live a life that is perfectly humble to make up for all human pride and all human arrogance. And walk with God your Savior to the cross and see him suffer the deepest shame and humiliation as he takes the punishment for your sin. Start by giving less. Go to God in humility, take his hand and walk with him because the truth is there is nothing that the Lord needs from you but there is something you desperately need from him. You need the answer. You need the solution to what Micah calls your rebellion and sin. See, if you start by trying to give God more and more, you're going to end up in this twisted logic that says not even the sacrifice of a child could ever be enough. But if you start with humility, take God's hand and walk with him, you are going to see him sacrifice his son for you. And in that sacrifice, you will find salvation. And as you walk humbly with your God, and you let him speak to you in his word, you are going to hear him tell you even more amazing things. One is this. It should actually come as a relief to you <laughs> that God needs nothing from you. Because imagine a God who calls himself almighty, right? A God who names himself the great I am, and then turns to someone like you and says, I need you. I'll never make it on my own. It's ridiculous. But the fact that God doesn't need anything from you means that now, when you bring God a sacrifice that is pleasing, which you are now able to do because you are his child in Christ, when you bring him a sacrifice, you don't have to do it under pressure. You can just do it in pure, humble thanksgiving for the glorious gift of his son and the salvation that you find in Jesus. And as you walk with God, he is going to tell you more amazing things 
like this. You don't have to guess at the kind of sacrifices God wants from you. He tells you in his word. And that's another reason why humility before the Lord is so important. The person that walks humbly with God is going to let God speak. Open the ears and let God speak to them. And tell them the size and the quantity of the sacrifice that he wants from them. For example, humility, you listen to what the Lord says in his word. He will tell you something about sacrifice and children. He does want a sacrifice from you when it comes to your children, but this is the sacrifice. He wants you to sacrifice your time and your energy and your effort to train your children in the word of God, to raise them in your home to believe in the Lord. That's the sacrifice when it comes to your children that he will tell you about in his word. And another thing God will tell you when you walk with him and listen is that there's nothing he's given you that you cannot use to make a sacrifice to him, no matter how small it is. Because you see, there is this other idea that springs up out of human pride and human arrogance that in order for God to really care about something you do, in order for him to actually pay attention to it, it has to be something really big and impressive and attention-getting. And you see, that's the kind of logic that says thousands of rams, tens of thousands of rivers of oil, and then goes spiraling, spiraling off into areas that are no longer even God-pleasing. Start with less. Start with the humble, simple, everyday things that God places right in front of you. That's Micah's point in these verses. There were simple, everyday things that the people of Judah were struggling to do that Micah brings up over and over again, and then he refers to at the end of this letter. When he says to love justice, there was this problem in Judah that in court, people were showing favoritism and to people who were rich and prominent and ruling against people who were poor and powerless just because they didn't have anything. This is a simple thing the Lord gives you to do. Just be fair in court. And then Micah also says to love mercy. There's this other problem he keeps bringing up in this letter, which is the people were, were getting other people into their debt, loaning them money, and then they were using that debt to extort them and abuse them and beat them down. And Micah says it's a simple thing. If somebody owes you money, just have mercy on them. Don't extort them. Don't use it to beat them up. Start with the little things. Look, before you go out herding rams and pouring out tens of thousands of rivers of oil, do these simple sacrifices that the Lord places right in front of you. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's a time and a place for a Christian to make a massive, magnificent sacrifice to the Lord. If any million-dollar checks are found in the offering plate this morning, they will not be returned to whoever wrote them. They're not going to throw them back at you and say, next time, listen to the sermon. Do something smaller. No, there's a time and a place for that, as long as it's done with a humble heart, recognizing that the Lord doesn't need it from you. But the point is to start with the simple things, the things right in front of you. And we could take the two things that Micah talks about here and apply them to ourselves. Even if you don't work in a court, you can just give everybody a fair shot regardless of where they come from or what they have or what they don't have. If you loan money to a family member or a friend 
bad mistake, first of all. But if you did that, now that they owe you the money, you don't have to beat them up over that. You don't have to mention it every time they come over for Sunday dinner. Have mercy on them. Take it easy on them. And from there, there's a million other places we could go in our daily lives. You get to the checkout line at the exact same time as somebody else. You don't have to do that thing where you turn sideways and worm your way in front of them. Make a little sacrifice. Let them have three extra minutes in their day. You're tired at night and you look over your kid's homework? Really look it over and sincerely ask them if they have any questions. Spend just a few minutes at church talking to somebody who you don't know, who you haven't met yet. Because God has placed you together in the body of Christ, the Holy Christian Church, and he's placed you together in the same congregation. These are things that nobody's ever going to give you an award for. Nobody's ever going to build a statue for you. But these are the places to start. Before we go out hurting rams and pouring out tens of thousands of rivers of oil. And the Lord tells us this amazing thing about why. When he looks at these little sacrifices we make, he doesn't see them as little insignificant. He sees them as perfect and complete. For no other reason than we are God's children in Jesus Christ. All our sins have been taken away. He loves us as his children. So, $5 to a food bank, if that's what you've got, is a perfect sacrifice to your Heavenly Father. A few kind words to somebody else is a perfect sacrifice. A few minutes spent with a lonely person, that is a treasure to your Father in Heaven. So start by giving less. In humility, go to the Lord, admitting that on your own you have nothing good to give Him. Take a humble walk with your God and see his salvation. And then, give him every blessing he has given you, starting with the little things. Amen.